0: Well, good morning. We are uh, continuing our look at the Ten Commandments this morning by looking at the Fourth Commandment on Sabbath. Uh, and so, actually, we are halfway through our sermon series on this because we started with the Fifth Commandment on, uh, on worship day, or whatever that was called. Um, and so, as we come to this commandment, uh, I recognize that, that there may be a whole host of different views on what Sabbath is in this room today. Um, Because I actually think it's probably the most misunderstood commandment. So there there are a lot of different ways that people perceive it. Uh, Maybe a couple common ones. Uh, One one would be that you think of it as a day where you can't do anything, where you're just like stuck in your room, and and all, all you can do is just sit and pray not that that's bad, that's wonderful, you should sit and pray, but sit and pray and think holy thoughts and don't do any work, don't have any fun. That's maybe one view on one end of the spectrum. And then maybe on the opposite end of the spectrum is, is that it's a day where you can pretty much do whatever you want. It's a day about you, it's a day that's like a second Saturday, or a day where you recover from your Saturday, or, or like a family day, and, and really the point is just you and you getting to, to just do you. And so that's maybe another end of the spectrum. Maybe somewhere in the middle there, is, it's a day where you're just sad because Chick-fil-A is closed. And so somewhere, that's, there's, a, there's a lot of different views on that spectrum of what Sabbath is. But what we need to remember is that when we're talking about the Ten Commandments, the Big Ten, these are not ways where God is saying, here are ten ways where you can earn favor with me. What he's saying is that here are ten ways that you can enjoy me. And, and that's what's at the heart of the Sabbath. If we, if we lose that, that this is a day where God has set, us, set aside for us to enjoy him, then we have lost the heart of the Sabbath. So what I want to do is I want to look into the scriptures here, and, and let's see if we can find out more about God's heart in giving us The Sabbath. Let's read Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11 together. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So let's go ahead and and start out by talking about what Sabbath is. Let's go to that next slide. Um, Sabbath, the word in Hebrew is Shabbat, and it means to cease or desist or to finish uh, and so we find that Sabbath is one day out of seven where it's a set-apart day where everyone in the community, at least back in, in, in Hebrew times, everyone, even the, the livestock, w- was to cease from life's ordinary routines and, and remember who God is and what God has done for us. Or, or maybe a, a concise way to put it is that st- six days a week, we are to enjoy God as we conduct our normal business. <clears throat> but on the Sabbath, our business is the enjoyment of God. That's what we're about on this day. But but why, why does God tell us to stop working? I mean, what, what is the point of that? Let's dig deeper into that for a minute, because it sounds really restrictive, and, and it sounds almost like it's a, it's kind of a burden for us to just be careful to make sure we don't exert any kind of physical labor in what we do I mean, I don't know if you've seen Fiddler on the Roof but there is a scene where, where they're like realizing that oh my goodness it's, it's sundown before the Sabbath and we've got to make sure we get all of our work done before sundown so that we don't violate the Sabbath because God would surely be angry with us if we did any kind of work on the Sabbath and maybe that's how it feels to you it feels like it's just an opportunity to make God angry at you or something Maybe that comes from how the Pharisees viewed Sabbath back in Jesus' day. You know, they had this long list of rules that, here's how you do Sabbath, and and the the list was so exhaustive, it even included things like, you can't walk more than, I think it's like a hundred feet, you can't walk more than a hundred feet on the Sabbath. It's awfully hard to get anything done if you can't walk a hundred feet, okay? So... That that just seems oppressive, you know? So what what does the Bible actually prohibit when when it says here in Exodus 20, you shall not do any work? Well, remember the word is to cease. And and I think what we're getting at here with the language um, is, is to cease from our primary form of occupation on the Sabbath day. Whatever your... Your occupation is that however you bring home the bacon, however you put food on the table, um, whatever that is, God is telling us to cease from doing that one day a week. He's not necessarily saying don't exert any kind of physical whatever. Just don't do your primary occupation. So if you're in IT, don't do IT stuff on, on the Sabbath day. But do grill some burgers and, and invite me over. And do take a long walk with your family. Go more than 100 feet. Get those, get those steps up on your step counter. Um, or, but what about if you're a doctor? What if you're a nurse? What if you're a, uh, in law enforcement? Or what if you're a firefighter? That, actually, there's a category for this in Scripture. Um, I, I would call it the, the what do you do if your ox falls in a ditch category right? Because if you're on the Sabbath, if your ox fell in a ditch, you didn't just leave him there until the next day, right, to, to be religious. You get your ox out of the ditch. It's a deed of necessity. Um, and so, if, if you happen to have one of those uh, careers where, man, somebody's got to be at the hospital, right? We can't just, like, leave all the patients at the hospital because it's Sunday. Um, somebody's got to protect our communities. Those are deeds of necessity. Um, and and I, w- I would say that you, you need to find one day in seven where you are resting, but for you, maybe Sunday is not that day because you're called in to, to do a deed of necessity. But let's keep going. Let's keep digging further uh, in, in this ceasing from our occupation to get at the heart of why God does this or why he says this. Um, so, think back to when Israel is coming out of Egypt, right? So, they, they had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years, uh, and towards the end there, it got really difficult because... Um, you know, they, they had to make bricks without straw, they didn't have any kind of help, they didn't get any kind of rest, uh, and they were forced into this harsh labor. So Sabbath was definitely not something that they were used to. Um, but then you know what happens. God, the, the exodus happens. He brings them out of Egypt. He redeems them. They, they walk through the Red Sea. It's a miracle of miracles. They see the mighty acts of God, um, and they're his people now. They're free And so, what is the first command that God gives his now free people? Well, it's actually the Sabbath. Uh, In Exodus 16, Frank preached on this a few weeks ago about how Israel, you know how they they come out of Egypt, but then all of a sudden they're in the wilderness and they're hungry and they start to grumble and complain. Like, we don't have any food. Let's go back to Egypt. I know we were slaves, but at least we had three square meals. And, and so they're they're prone to forget. They're forgetful of, of God's goodness. I mean, he just literally parted a sea, and now they forget. Now they they can't understand how God could possibly provide for them. They stop trusting in him and his goodness. And so what does he do? He provides manna. That's this text in Exodus 16. It says, On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, or, or manna, Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. So, why collect two days' worth on the sixth day? It's because we are prone to, to spiritual amnesia. We are prone to forget. We're prone to forget God's goodness in our lives. We're prone to forget that He's our sole provider. We're, we're even prone to think that we are the provider. But we're just called to go gather. So we need a physical reminder to refocus us on our true purpose, which is simply to enjoy God. If you think about why we have Memorial Day as a holiday, Uh, Memorial Day is about remembering those who have paid the ultimate price, who have sacrificed their lives for our country. And so it's a day when we kind of stop and remember their sacrifice. Maybe you know someone, a loved one or a friend who gave their life for our country. And so for you, maybe today is particularly uh, important or even difficult. Um, But but the question is, for, for some of us, would we even remember the sacrifice of fallen soldiers if we didn't have a day like today to stop and celebrate uh, because we are so prone to forget. And, and how much more than we're even more prone to forget spiritual realities. And so that is why um, God gives us one day out of seven to remember that he is our provider, to remember that it's not about what we are doing, in our vocations, that that's not the main point of our lives. But that's difficult for us, right? Because we, a lot of us have good careers. We advance in those careers. We get nice bonuses or, or raises, and we're able to afford more and more. We get the, the bigger house. Uh, we start to notice our accomplishments and feel really good about what we've accomplished. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, but then, maybe it starts to feel like it's not enough, um, we, we start to want more. We start to put in more hours at the office to, to work harder and longer, and we're away from home more often. And, and before you know it, maybe we're even addicted. We're addicted to achievement. We're addicted to our self-sufficiency. We're addicted to our status that our work brings us. We start to think about, you know, time is money, and I got to be working, working, working all the time if I'm going to make my money. A day of rest, that is, that is a waste of time. I mean, I'm happy to, to stroke a check in the name of God, but I'm not going to give him my time. That's too valuable. I only got so much of it. Or, or maybe, maybe you just can't rest. Like, you sit there and you try to rest and you just have the jitters and you're like, I got to do something. I got to go build something out of wood or something like that. You know what? I don't know if you feel that way. I, I felt that way sometimes where I just feel like resting is I don't know, I don't even I feel like I'm not valuable if I'm resting. And you know, we've been conditioned as a society to believe that our value comes from what we produce, that we're only as valuable as how much we produce. And that's simply not true. West Town, we are valuable simply because we exist. We are valuable simply because God created us in his image. If all you ever did was just exist, you are valuable because God created you in his image. So, he has called us then to to cease from our normal occupations for one day a week, to stop trying to achieve our value. To, to realize that time is not, in fact, money, but, but that whatever time and money we may have is a good gift from God. Maybe you're afraid that if you stop working, that you, that if you don't work seven days a week, that you won't have enough. Or maybe you're even afraid that, that God won't provide. You're not sure if you can trust Him. But God gives us the Sabbath day, one day out of seven, to show us just how much we can trust him and just how good he is at providing for our needs. And and in that, we are able to refocus on our true purpose in life, which is to glorify God and to enjoy him. So it is a day that is set apart to remember these things, but it's also a day that we remember to set apart. We're, we're to keep it sacred. It's not, it's not for ordinary use. Um, it's kind of like like before my wife and I had kids, we used to do date night all the time, right? Like once a week. It, it was almost a sacred thing. We would have, you know, of course, throughout the week, we'd enjoy each other. And, um, and, but date night was special. You know, it was, it was a time where we, were, we set it apart just to go and enjoy each other, um, and, and we really tried very hard to protect that. Um, we still try to do it sometimes, but, you know, stuff, stuff happens. So um, that, that's kind of the way, a way to think about Sabbath, but even greater. Because God is saying one whole day in seven should be set apart. Why? For, particularly for worship. Leviticus 23.3 says that the Sabbath is a holy convocation. In other words, it's a day that is set apart uh, for worship for gathering, for assembling as the people of God. And so we gather as a church. We, we gather to remember what God has done for us. We, we also gather to look ahead to what he promises to do for us. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, that next slide. Um, this is actually in, in the re-giving of the law. Uh, Moses states the law, the the Sabbath command exactly the same way until he gets to verse 15, which is an addition. It says, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So Israel is to spend this part of the Sabbath day uh, remembering that God had redeemed them out of slavery, remembering the mighty acts of God, And church, I would would say that we have even a far greater remembrance than Israel did, right? Because not only can we look back on what God did with Israel, but we now can look back on what Christ has done in redeeming us. By God's grace, we are redeemed from the curse of the law because Jesus Christ became a curse for us and went to the cross and gave his life to pay for our sins. And so we are reconciled to God. We are his people. We are adopted sons and daughters. And so we look back on this day as we worship and we remember and celebrate that glorious truth. And that also brings up the fact that Sabbath, then, is not just about physical rest. In fact, that's not even its primary importance. It's mostly about spiritual rest. It's, um, you know, there's this quote from Augustine, the Bishop of Hippo, which is a fantastic title that I would If I lived in North Africa, I would totally go for that. But he said that our our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you or in in God. And what he's trying to get at there is that we do have sort of a restlessness of heart, right? We have this restlessness where we feel like we are toiling almost endlessly or, or even fruitlessly to try to to try to make up for our our faults, to try to make ourselves right with God, to try to earn our own salvation. And it is an endless toil because it's an impossible toil. We can't do it. We don't have what it takes. And that's why it makes us feel so restless. And what Scripture is calling us to, and what we remember on the Sabbath, is that we find that rest for our restless hearts in Christ. Because He does have what it takes. He is good enough he has done it, and He will give you rest from your sin and rest for your soul. And we also look ahead to our ultimate rest. Uh, Hebrews 4.9 talks about how there remains yet a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And what this is saying is, is that as we gather to worship, we look forward to, it is a foretaste of the day when we will be With Jesus, face to face, in the new heavens and new earth, which will go on for eternity. That is our ultimate rest, the rest for which we were made. So we gather to remind ourselves of what God has done. We gather to celebrate the hope we have in this future redemption. And we gather to proclaim that hope to the world that does not know it. To the world that needs to hear it. We gather to do what we're created for, which is to worship. Speaking of what we're created for, as we look more at this, peel back these onions on Sabbath and why we do it, um, the, the second point here is that we do Sabbath because we're made to reflect God's rhythms of work and rest that he established in creation. Let's go to the Genesis 2 slide real quick. Genesis 2, 1 through 3 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, does this mean that God got tired? I mean, He he like, that last galaxy, man, that was just too much. I had to sit down and take a break whew, that's not the kind of rest that this is talking about. The word for rest there in verse 2 is Shabbat, which, which doesn't mean to rest from tiredness. It means to cease or to finish. And so when it says God rested on the seventh day, what it means is that God finished his work of creation on the seventh day, and he marked that day as a holy day because it was the day when he finished creating and said, everything I've just done is good and it's complete. That's what that day was about. So he established in doing that, he established the world's rhythm of time. You may wonder, why do we have a week that's seven days? Because God established it that way in creation. It is is much a part of how God created the world to function as gravity. It is an established rhythm of of time. Now you may wonder, then why are we here on the first day of the week and not the seventh? And I'm glad you asked, even though you didn't, or maybe you did. I don't know. But but we're here on the first day of the week because Jesus transforms the Sabbath. You know, He rose from the dead um, on a Sunday, the first day of the week, and uh, and as the song said earlier, we remember the empty grave. That's that's part of a main focus of why we're here. And so as he came out of the grave, he, he began a new work. It, it, was a, it was the first work of his new creation. And, and since then, the, the scripture talks about us when we believe in Christ, we become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Um, he is making all things new. And so with that new creation comes a new Sabbath or Lord's Day, as we call it now. And so B.B. Warfield, he said, Christ took the Sabbath into the grave with him and brought the Lord's day out of the grave with him on the resurrection morning. Jesus is the point of the Sabbath. He, he was what the Old Testament Sabbath laws, they all pointed to him. They all foreshadowed Israel's need for a Savior to bring them rest from their toil, to, to give them rest For their restless hearts, that they would rest from trying to save themselves by their own works. That's the point of why we had Sabbath and why we still have Sabbath. Only now we look back to what the Savior has already done, and so it is good, it is right, it is worth it for us to to organize our lives and to organize our calendars around the way God has established this rhythm of time. And that might feel strange. That might feel very, very challenging. That might seem countercultural because this is not the way the rest of the world does it. I mean we had a brief window of cultural time there where yeah Sundays were a culturally sacred day, but that day has long since passed and the world views it as just like a Wednesday. So you you may get a call into work on a Sunday. Bosses don't seem to care that you think of it as a day of rest. Your teacher, if you're a student, may give you so much homework on a Friday that you can't possibly complete it on a Friday night or a Saturday. Um, what if you have sports or your kids have sports on Sundays? Or if you've got to go play soccer or go play baseball? These are not easy things. They don't have easy answers. But it is worth us stopping and asking the question, are we organizing our lives around God's established rhythm of time, or are we simply trying to fit God into our established rhythm of time? I think there, there is room here to have conversations with people out in the world and even to bear witness to the truth that God has given us in Scripture and for us to, to look for ways uh, that we can maybe even creatively be faithful to his established Sabbath rhythm not saying you can't go to a baseball game on a Sunday afternoon. But what I am saying is that if we are consistently prioritizing our Monday through Saturday activities, even on Sunday, in the place of worship, then we are totally missing the point of why God gave us a Sabbath in the first place. Sabbath is a day set apart. The Lord's day is a day set apart for enjoying Him. And you may be thinking, yeah, I can enjoy God just fine out on the Gulf in a fishing boat on a Sunday, or, or I'm, I'm totally cool with attending Bedside Baptist on Sunday, but I would ask you, as, as Paul said earlier, what is God's picture of worship? What, what is the way that God has established how we should worship Him? Should we not look to Him and say, how do you want us to worship you? I, I believe we should. And so let's look more closely at that as we go to our our third and last point. How should we observe the Sabbath day? How should we observe the Lord's day? Some in Christian circles have said that uh, Christ has fulfilled the Sabbath so that we no longer even need to feel that we're bound to this law or this commandment and that um, there's there's no real moral obligation that we have here. Uh, So that's one end of the spectrum. At the other end of the spectrum, you have far more strict... Sabbatarians, um, like our own confession, the Westminster Confession of Faith, forbids recreation on the Sabbath. I myself have to take exception to that. As a, as a PCA pastor, I have to, to state that that's an exception I take. I, I don't believe that that's biblical. I believe that God uh, does allow for us to recreate on the Sabbath, uh, that recreation on the Sabbath, um, especially in the context of a church community, can be very restful and can help us to enjoy God. So what do we do? How do we figure out how to do this? Because it does seem like there are some gray areas with this commandment. Well, I think we we have to look to the Lord of the Sabbath. Mark 2, 27 and 28, uh, you know, Jesus is is walking with his disciples through this grain field, right? And they're picking wheat and, and eating it. And the Pharisees, who can't walk a hundred feet on the Sabbath, but seem to be able to follow Jesus through the grain fields just fine, um, they're, they're busting Jesus and the disciples for this, rebuking them. And, and Jesus is like, um, here's the deal. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So Jesus, by saying that he is Lord of the Sabbath, is, is claiming some big truths here, right? He's I mean, Sabbath is God's idea. So, so Jesus is, is claiming here, I'm God. I'm the Lord of creation. The, the Sabbath is my thing. Like, I'm the one who's giving this to you, uh, and so my word on this is authoritative. You need to listen to what I have to say about Sabbath. And so let's, let's see what Jesus has to say and, and what he did on Sabbath. One, one thing, uh, Luke 4.16, he, it says that it was Jesus' custom To attend worship on the Sabbath day. There are also other parts in the Gospels where it talks about how Jesus regularly taught in the synagogues on the Sabbath. So I think, again, we see here that it is right and good and it is God's will for us to prioritize worship, being here with each other in corporate worship on Sundays as much as possible. And it's also right and good, I think, for us to spend time discipling other people, to spend time discipling our families. If you have relationships with people who they're, they're not believers and you're trying to share the gospel with them, what a Sabbath is a great day to go meet with them, to go mingle with them and share Christ with them. Uh, Luke 14, we see Jesus gathered at, at a feast. He's meeting with people. He's out in the community. He's, he's hanging out, having fellowship on the Sabbath. Sabbath is a, is a fantastic day to spend time fellowshipping with other Christians. If you have a life group, your life group, that's a great day to meet. If you're a student, it's a great opportunity for you to go fellowship with other students at youth group. Uh, If you don't have any type of fellowship like that, I would encourage you to look for something, to even uh, talk to me about creating a life group. God has designed the Sabbath day for Christian fellowship. Matthew 12 and many other places, Jesus seems to go out of his way to heal and to cast out demons on the Sabbath. Why? Because he says in Matthew 12, 12 that it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Um, A few weeks ago, after we moved into our our house, one of the the life groups here at Westtown came over and and they served us well by um, unpacking boxes, painting uh, and, and they did a lot of yard work outside that I'm like, I didn't know I needed that yard work done. Uh, but I'm glad you were here to show me. And so um, they, they were amazing. Like, we, we were so blessed by that. And, but they worked on the Sabbath. Were, were they in violation of the Sabbath? No, because Jesus said, it is a day to serve. It is a day to help. They were doing what Sabbath is for. And then finally, this last slide, Luke 13. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, there are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. So the synagogue ruler is so angry at Jesus because he's prioritizing rules and religion over the enjoyment of God. But Jesus comes and he says, man, the Sabbath is the best day for freeing people from their bonds. The Lord's Day is the best day for us to celebrate our freedom in Christ. That's what this day is about. Are are you redeemed? Have you been forgiven much? Has Jesus shown you much grace and mercy? Have you been freed from slavery to an addiction? Has Jesus set you free from workaholism? Today, of all days, is the day when you should celebrate that freedom. Celebrate it every day, but come today and make that what this day is about And maybe you've not found that freedom yet. Maybe your heart is still restless, feeling as though you have got to toil your way into salvation, feeling just enslaved by that. Today is the best day for you to find your rest in Christ, for you to find freedom from that toil. He calls us to, to, to spiritual rest, and he says it is for freedom Christ has set us free, and we celebrate that today. What kind of God do we serve? Here's what kind of God we serve. We serve a God who absolutely, positively commands us to enjoy Him. He commands us to trust Him. He commands us to take a day and to spend our time celebrating the freedom that He has given us. That's the heart of the Sabbath. Would you pray with me? Our Father in Heaven, we thank You that You are a God of grace and mercy, that every day we can celebrate the freedom that You have given us in Christ, but that on today, Your day, the Lord's day, uh, You give us this day to set apart in particular, so that we might enjoy You and to find our rest in You. Father, I pray that if any of us here are uh, restless and and toiling in spirit, uh, that, that You would help us to find our rest in You and to see the beauty and the goodness of a life that we spend enjoying You as our true purpose. We love You and we praise You, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.